Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome. I'm your host, Rose, and this is Ethereal Girl. Today's episode is going to be a bit different. We have a beautiful reading by the late Florence Scovel Shin, and she has absolutely changed my life and has been one of the greatest influences in my work. She's been an incredible inspiration on the law of assumption for me and just everything. And I'm going to be talking about the law of forgiveness through her eyes, through her visions. And I just cannot wait to share it with you all. It is so expanding and you already know I'm all about bending your mind a little bit and bending reality a lot. Where do you go when your heart is heavy and your headspace is a mess? This is such an important question. I feel like we should all have a way that we transcend our emotions, a hobby that really helps just unload all of those difficult feelings to process. For some people, it's journaling. For others, it's going on a walk and listening to this podcast or your other favorite podcast, listening to music, frequencies, maybe doing some yoga, going to the gym. But where I go when I feel a heavy heart and I feel like I could really use some grounding. You can find me at the beach right by the water. I am 100% a water-loving woman. I love the sand on my body, the sun in my face, and the sounds of the waves in my ears. It is so calming to my soul, and I cannot explain the feeling that comes over me when I see a sunset and I'm by the water. It is just so amazing to me. It grounds me. It reminds me that life is beautiful, that I have the gift of experience right now, a divine opportunity to create, to experience experience, you name it, and I am right back where I started, you guys. For some reason, it's just my favorite spot for alchemy. I love journaling by the beach especially. So if I were to ask you this question, where do you go when your heart is heavy and your headspace is a mess? I feel like you should definitely have an answer for this because when you feel sad, when you feel like giving up, when you feel worried, when you're struggling, or when you have those feelings of anxiety and depression come up and manifest through your body, you should definitely have a way that works for you to alchemize those emotions and remind yourself these are not my current state of being they're just flowing through me they're just passing by just like a thought what i also like to do is just picture clouds i attach thoughts to clouds and thoughts and emotions are not separate from each other they come and go they don't belong to us they're inaccurate information most times so I like to think of them as clouds that pass by. They are not permanent. They are not attached to me. They are something that I can observe from a third-party perspective. And this is amazing in practicing non-attachment as well. It's incredibly powerful. I highly recommend 
around it. When you are dealing with emotional turmoil, when life circumstances get complicated, when things come up, it is so important to find healthy coping mechanisms when emotional turmoil manifests in your life. When life throws little tests at you, especially when you're asking for change and you go through those universal tests, some of us know what I'm talking about. When you're asking for change, the universe tends to move mountains and that can disrupt your comfort zone and trigger you and bring up emotions that you normally don't your ego just starts to challenge you your mind starts to battle your soul and the change that's coming forth so identify what works for you in healthy ways because it is so easy for the mammalian brain to take over and start to coerce you into drinking into smoking into habits that harm your body in order to cope with your difficult emotions and I feel like this is a big part of mind mastery which I will be talking about in the next episode. I'm so excited for that by the way. But yes, identify what works for you. We are all different. Like I said, the beach is my second home. I am so in love with the water. I can't explain it. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that I'm a water sign. I don't know. But I'm in love with it and this is my spot. I know that being by the water, being by the beach is my restoration place. I'm going to leave there so different than when I first arrived with absolute certainty. So know your place with absolute certainty. Know what works best for you. My current obsessions this week involve gym activities. Ladies, I have been back in the gym for the last few months and the results are absolutely amazing. My body composition is changing. I've been approached and asked if I got a BBL or injections in my hips and all I've been doing are deadlifts. I've been doing Bulgarian split squats. Those are killer by the way, but they work so good. If you don't like working out, I still recommend these. I think you should try things that you fear the most at least once and if you fear working out for whatever reason this is definitely your sign to give it a shot it is so amazing what working out does to not only your mental body but your physical body too which is a manifestation of the divine so take care of it nourish it work it out make it beautiful i just want to let you know that the gym is not something to be afraid of for women. You're not going to get bulky. You're not going to hurt yourself if you know what you're doing. There's plenty of YouTube videos that show you how to do certain workouts. If you feel really shy, you can always start at home. This is how I started a few years ago with some at-home equipment from Amazon or your local sporting goods store. It is so worth it, you guys. So my current obsessions this week are definitely some booty workouts. <laughs> I've been going so hard on those. I'm so into learning the different muscles in the glutes and just maximizing my gains. 
I just feel like anything that makes you feel amazing is so worth investing into and worth exploring, especially if it makes you feel more confident and magnetic and present with your body. And fitness does that for me. I also feel like many people like to label things as vain. Like if you care about your appearance, you're all of a sudden this superficial egoic person that's stuck in the matrix. I've heard it all. And it's very unfortunate because I see our physical presence as a manifestation of the absolute. And I find it so beautiful that we get to present it and mold it however we feel like it. It's other people's own limitations that they like to project onto you, especially as you level up and challenge their own belief systems and their growth. So if you have desires and goals to work on your looks, to level up physically, do not ever feel bad about it. Don't ever feel guilty about it and just know the people that make you feel that way should probably invest into themselves a little more because once again, it's all about projecting and their own limitations because remember, what people express to you verbally is a look into their own subconscious mind. So let's get into today's episode. I have been meditating on forgiveness for a few months now and I feel like it's just time to talk about this. I feel like it can be a very sensitive topic for some people, especially when you have been hurt in the past and you've been done wrong by others. It's very common in the human experience to face these things. And we've been taught as a society or as a collective that forgiveness means, let's say, somebody wronged you and you expect an apology from that person because it's the right thing to do. Well, this is coming from an ego-based perspective and it's not at all what forgiveness means. Forgiveness is to forget, it's to revise, to replace the old story that does not resonate with you, that you don't like to experience with a new one. In scriptures, it's called repentance. And we are basically tasked with forgiveness and forgetting, which are both interchangeable. We are tasked with seeing other people with the eyes of Christ, which is the wisdom and the creative power within you, like I've talked about in other episodes. I have recently come to the conclusion, and it's taken me some time to fully accept this, that what we call God and the universe is our human imagination. Hear me out because I know sometimes I can say some crazy stuff, but... I am so serious. I am considering the possibility of this just because I have manifested so many things in my life using the human imagination and I'm starting to fully awaken to this, you guys, and it's freaking me out a little bit, which is, I know, a normal process of learning and deconstructing, but I just want to share this with you guys. Consider the possibility that what we know as God, the divine, is actually our human imagination. And I feel like we are here to overcome the world of thought, to overcome limitations of the mind so that imagination can prevail through us. In other words, God can prevail, which I personally am starting to see as our own human imagination. So another word to pay attention to when you're reading scripture if you do, and a lot of people that follow me actually read the Bible, which I love, 
but the word Lord is actually a translation for law in scripture. So before we get into today's reading, I want to clarify that, that anytime you hear me say the word Lord, it is a translation for law. And like I've said before, this book is incredibly esoteric to me. I highly believe that it's a book on manifestation and human consciousness, the battle between mind and consciousness, and the instructions on how to overcome the mind. So if you're wondering why I share scripture so much, that's exactly why. So in the realm of forgiveness, we think that time, space, how, when, and circumstances, people, that they matter when in reality they are just all conditions. They are restrictions of the mind. When we are forgiving someone, meaning we are revising the story, we're recreating how we view someone else. And in this doing, we create a new experience with them. We create a brand new story. And this is why I feel like it's one of the most powerful methods of manifestation and recreating your reality as you see fit. The art of forgiving is such a mystery to me because in forgiveness we learn that there is actually never anything to forgive. Like I said in the beginning, this is coming from an ego-based perspective. When you feel like people need to apologize to you because they did something wrong to you and you are attaching some sort of pain to this story, which you are the only one experiencing that pain, by the way. If you're ever waiting on an apology that never shows up, it eats at you. It eats at your nervous system. This is what it does when you're clinging on to someone's apology and you're just waiting on them to truly be sorry or you're waiting on them to receive their karma because they did something to you that is not true forgiveness the realm of forgiveness is in the unseen reality in higher places where your sight is not skewed like it is in the human experience it's all about forgetting it's all about recreating the story and releasing yourself from bondage which is an old story in the past that you don't like that you don't want to experience anymore for yourself and the other person release yourself from the shackles of your past and you can do the same for others and I find this so powerful so for example if I was in a relationship that did not work out and I really wanted to, I want this person more than ever, I am going to recreate the way that I see them because I can almost guarantee if there's been a breakup, you have a label of this person which keeps them as a prisoner in this role. So for example, if you believe that your ex was a cheater, he's good for nothing, Whatever the story is, right? There's a reason you broke up. I'm hoping it's just because you had differences and that's it. I'm not condoning toxic relationships 100% no. I am saying that you can revise the story if you want to. You were never a victim of any role in reality. You were never a prisoner to any story and you were never with limitations unless you believe that you are. I fully believe that God, which I'm starting to believe is your imagination, is able to redeem anything you can think of, anything you can imagine. So just look at that person in the eyes of 
imagination with your spiritual eyes to find them how you would love to experience them even if your 3d reality is showing you otherwise because the thing about reality that i've learned that i have observed in my experience is that it is delayed time is delayed things that we are witnessing right now that we're bearing witness to already happened it's a manifestation of old thought it's old news and i don't like side note i don't like that a lot of manifestation coaches say that 3d is trash and to ignore it and not pay attention to it but if you learn to leverage it i feel like it's much more powerful because the 3d is feedback it lets you know your old thoughts and what's going on in your subconscious i feel like it's such a powerful tool for elevation so just observe your reality so that you can observe old thought that might not be working out for you anymore and this definitely includes the people that you experience in your reality if you don't like a certain relationship or a certain story or how it goes this episode is definitely for you training your mind to see all things behind you as if it were right now is the most powerful thing that you can do it's the most powerful act of self-love there is nothing more powerful than coming to the realization that you save you from what you are from who you are from how you define yourself and other people in your reality that only mirror back to you the way that you look at them because you are not only releasing yourself from bondage but you are releasing another person and this is true feminine energy right here ladies is connection and understanding like we talked about on the last episode of becoming her you are your own savior and that savior within you is called i am in isaiah there is a verse and it says i am the lord remember law savior and there is no other savior i am the savior whatever comes after i am completely shapes your reality and your experience whatever comes after i am it's not enough to say i want i wish i need (laughs) i am it's not even i you guys the power is an am these two words combined it shapes everything about your reality i want you to realize that Even if you wake up tomorrow and you start condemning your day, talking about how I am so exhausted, I am anxious, I am this, I am that, all of these negative words after I am, you are condemning your life experience, which does not reset every 24 hours. It resets every nanosecond of the day. The concept of time is a human concept. (laughs) It's a human construct that keeps you imprisoned into the world of time. But you are here having a human experience. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, not the other way around. And this is so important to remember. So every nanosecond of the day, you are shaping your story. So use your words wisely. Everything after I am shapes it all for you. So let's get into this reading by Florence Scovel Shin on the law of forgiveness. Man receives only that which he gives. The game of life is a game of boomerangs. 
Man's thoughts, deeds, and words return to him sooner or later with outstanding accuracy. This is the law of karma, which is Sanskrit for come back. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For example, a friend told me this story of herself illustrating the law. She said, I make all of my karma on my aunt. Whatever I say to her, someone says to me, I am often irritable at home and one day said to my aunt, who was talking to me during dinner, no more talk, I wish to eat in peace. The following day, I was lunching with a woman with whom I wished to make a great impression. I was talking animatedly when she said, no more talk, I wish to eat in peace. My friend is high in consciousness, so her karma returns much more quickly than to one on the mental plane. The more a man knows, the more he is responsible for, and a person with a knowledge of spiritual law, which he does not practice, suffers greatly in consequence. The fear of the Lord, law, is the beginning of wisdom. If we read the word Lord, law, it will make many passages in the Bible much clearer. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. Law. It is the law which takes vengeance, not God. God sees man as perfect, created in his own image, imagination, and given power and dominion. This is the perfect idea of man, registered in divine mind, awaiting man's recognition, for man can only be what he sees himself to be, and only attain what he sees himself attaining. Nothing ever happens without an onlooker in an ancient saying. Man sees first his failure or success, his joy or his sorrow before it swings into visibility from the scene set in his own imagination. We have observed this in the mother picturing disease for her child or a woman seeing success for her husband. Jesus Christ said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So we see freedom from all unhappy conditions comes through knowledge, a knowledge of spiritual law. Obedience precedes authority, and the law obeys man when he obeys the law. The law of electricity must be obeyed before it becomes man's servant. When handled ignorantly, it becomes man's deadly foe, so with the laws of mind. For example, a woman with a strong personal will wished she owned a house which belonged to an acquaintance, and she often made mental pictures of herself living in the house. In the course of time, the man died and she moved into the house. Several years afterward, coming into the knowledge of spiritual law, she said to me, Do you think I had anything to do with that man's death? I replied, Yes, your desire was so strong, everything made way for it, but you paid your karmic debt. Your husband, whom you loved devotedly, died soon after, and the house was a white elephant on your hands for years. The original owner, however, could not have been affected by her thoughts had he been positive in the truth, nor her husband, but they were both under karmic law. The woman should have said, feeling the great desire for her house, Infinite intelligence, give me the right house equally as charming as this, the house which is mine by divine right. The divine selection would have given perfect satisfaction and brought good to all. The divine pattern is the only safe pattern to work by. Desire is a tremendous force and must be directed in the right channels or chaos ensues. In demonstrating, the most important step is the first step, to ask aright. Man should always demand only that which is his by divine right. 
To go back to the illustration, had the woman taken this attitude, if this house I desire is mine, I cannot lose it, and if it is not, give me its equivalent, the man might have decided to move out harmoniously had it been the divine selection for her or another house would have been substituted. Anything forced into manifestation through personal will is always ill-got and has ever bad success. Man is admonished. My will be done, not thine. And the curious thing is, man always gets what he desires when he does relinquish personal will, thereby enabling infinite intelligence to work through him. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Law. Remember. For example, a woman came to me in great distress. Her daughter had determined to take a very hazardous trip and the mother was filled with fear. She said that she had used every argument, had pointed out the dangers to be encountered and forbidden her to go. But the daughter became more and more rebellious and determined. I said to the mother, you are forcing your personal will upon your daughter, which you have no right to do and your fear of the trip is only attracting it, for man attracts what he fears. I added, let go and take your mental hands off. Put it in God's hands. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And side note, remember I said at the beginning of this episode that God is likely man's human imagination. So put it in imaginal acts and use this statement I put the situation in the hands of infinite love and wisdom. If this trip is the divine plan, I bless it and not longer resist. But if it is not divinely planned, I give thanks that it is now dissolved and dissipated. A day or two after that, her daughter said to her, Mother, I have given up the trip and the situation returned to its native nothingness. I want to take a minute to comment on this part. Because this is exactly what forgiveness is. It is no longer seeing things through the eyes of fear and seeing things in ways that you wish they were. The challenge of your mind is to see them as they ought to be, as what you want them to be, as you desire them, and place it in the hands of your imaginal acts instead of trying to force it through personal will, which, for example, is the mother trying to stop her daughter from doing a certain thing because of the fear she is projecting onto her, which can only manifest by divine law. So this is true forgiveness, is revision, revising the story through imaginal acts. It has nothing to do with someone apologizing to you because they hurt your feelings or something on a level of the lower mind where the ego thrives. Okay, back to the reading. It is learning to stand still, which seems so difficult for man. I will give another example of sowing and reaping, which came in the most curious way. A woman came to me saying she had received a counterfeit $20 bill given to her at the bank. She was much disturbed, for she said the people at the bank will never acknowledge their mistake. 
I replied, let us analyze the situation and find out why you attracted it. She thought a few moments and exclaimed, I know it. I sent a friend a lot of stage money just for a joke. So the law had sent her some stage money for it doesn't know anything about jokes. I said, now we will call on the law of forgiveness and neutralize the situation. Belief in Christ, the wisdom within you, is founded upon the law of forgiveness. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of karmic law and the Christ within each man is his redeemer and salvation from all inharmonious conditions. So I said, Infinite Spirit, we call on the law of forgiveness and give thanks that she is under grace and not under law and cannot lose this $20 which is hers by divine right. Now I said, Go back to the bank and tell them fearlessly that it was given you there by mistake. She obeyed and to her surprise, they apologized and gave her another bill treating her most courteously. So knowledge of the law gives man power to rub out his mistakes. Man cannot force the external to be what he is not. If he desires riches, he must be first rich in consciousness. For example, a woman came to me asking treatment for prosperity. She did not make much interest in her household affairs and her home was in great disorder. I said to her, if you wish to be rich, you must be orderly. All men with great wealth are orderly, and order is heaven's first law. I added, you will never become rich with a burnt match in the pincushion. She had a good sense of humor and commenced immediately, putting her house in order. She rearranged furniture, straightened out her drawers, cleaned rugs, and soon made a big financial demonstration, a gift from a relative. The woman herself became made over and keeps herself keyed up financially by being ever watchful of the external and expecting prosperity, knowing God is her infinite supply. Many people are in ignorance of the fact that gifts and things are investments and that hoarding and saving invariably leads to loss. For example, I knew a man who wanted to buy a fur-lined overcoat. He and his wife went to various shops, but there was none he wanted. He said they were all too cheap looking. At last, he was shown one. The salesman said it was valued at $1,000, but which the manager would sell him for $500 as it was late in the season. His financial possessions amounted to $700. The reasoning mind would have said, you can't afford to spend nearly all you have on a coat, but he was very intuitive and never reasoned. He turned to his wife and said, if I get this coat, I'll make a ton of money. So his wife consented weekly. About a month later, he received a $10,000 commission. The coat made him feel so rich and linked him with success and prosperity. Without the coat, he would not have received the commission. It was an investment paying large dividends. If man ignores these leadings to spend or to give, the same amount of money will go in an uninteresting or unhappy way. For example, a woman told me on Thanksgiving Day, she informed her family that they could not afford a Thanksgiving dinner. She had the money but decided to save it. A few days later, someone entered the room and took from the bureau drawer the exact amount the dinner would have cost. The law always stands back of the man who spends fearlessly with wisdom. For example, one of my students was shopping with her little nephew. The child clamored for a toy, which she told him she could not afford to buy. She realized suddenly that she was seeking lack and not recognizing God as her infinite supply. 
So she bought the toy and on her way home, picks up in the street the exact amount of money she had paid for it. Man's supply is inexhaustible and unfailing when fully trusted, but faith or trust must precede the demonstration. According to your faith, be it unto you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For faith holds the vision steady, and the adverse pictures are dissolved and dissipated, and in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Christ brought the good news, the gospel, that there is a higher law than the law of karma, and that the law transcends the law of karma. It is the law of grace or forgiveness. And side note, remember what I said about forgiveness. The true nature is about forgetting, revising, changing the narrative. It is the law which frees man from the law of cause and effect, the law of consequence under grace and not under law. We are told that on this plane man reaps what he has not sown. The gifts of God are simply poured out upon him. All that the kingdom affords is his. This continued state of bliss awaits the man who has overcome the race or world of thought. In the world of thought there is tribulation, but Christ said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The world thought is that of sin, sickness, and death. And side note, the word sin, I feel like, is used in so many religions to control people and instill fear. But the real nature of sin is actually missing the mark. So if you set a certain goal and you miss the mark, meaning you don't use your human imagination, you have sinned. You have missed the mark. But it has nothing to do with violation of moral code like most people are taught because most people are programmed into shame and guilt. The real nature of sin is having a goal and missing your mark. And if you don't have a goal, then you don't sin. You're not a sinner. You don't have a goal. So yeah, like I just had to say something because I feel like this word is so scary and it sounds immediately incredibly religious. So back to the reading. He saw their absolute unreality and said sickness and sorrow shall pass away and death itself, the last enemy, be overcome. We know now from a scientific standpoint that death could be overcome by stamping the subconscious mind with the conviction of eternal youth and eternal life. The subconscious being simply power without direction carries out orders without questioning. Working under the direction of the superconscious, the Christ or God within man, the resurrection of the body would be accomplished. Man would no longer throw off his body in death. It would be transformed into the body electric, sung by Walt Whitman, for Christ is founded upon the forgiveness of sins and an empty tomb. So I do want to comment on that last part that talks about death and overcoming it. I know this sounds a little far-fetched, it can seem a little out there for some of you, but the truth is all extreme concepts are constructs of the human mind. And as you know, in the world of time, on the topic of manifestation, everything is so condensed, it's almost imprisoned to mind and thought and beliefs. We have been extremely conditioned in death. Okay, when we lose people, trigger warning, if you've lost a loved one, I just want to let you know in from a loving space 
that death itself is a concept of the human mind and it's not an actual event in the true reality which is consciousness. Consciousness in itself, even proven by physics and scientific laws, is that energy cannot be destroyed nor can it be created and it is completely eternal. All it does is change form. This isn't something mystical whatsoever. You can look it up yourself. There have been plenty of studies and observations. This truth aligns with the sacred scriptures, the Ethiopian texts, the Holy Bible, Sumerian tablets. Death in itself is an extreme construct in the world of time. That's where it belongs. This is otherwise known as what Goddard called the world of decay, where everything dies here, everything is dead here, and the only true thing that is alive is God, in other words, your human imagination that is animating this entire reality. So when it comes to manifesting and forgiveness and revision, we have got to even forgive the concept of death, but This is mind mastery to the 10th power, you guys. This is what all enlightened spiritual or what they call spiritual masters were on the path to overcoming is thoughts. And this is a path of mind mastery, which requires a heavy dedication. Death in itself is an extreme concept. It's a mental delusion. It's something we've been conditioned to believe as this heartbreaking event or this super scary event because it's so unknown to us. And that is what we fear. We fear change. We fear unknown. We fear anything that we can't make sense of fully right. It's this mystery we just want to solve. And this is natural for the human psyche to desire. But yeah, you guys, I have learned to shift my perspective in the way that I see loss, in the way that I see death, and I no longer fear it. I see it as a transition. I see it as a rebirth. And this is how the ancient Egyptians would see death. They would see it as a rebirth instead of an ending. They would see it as a new beginning, an initiation into pure consciousness, into pure light, Because, like I've said so many times before, we are animating this human experience according to all of these teachings. Of course, I don't have all of the answers. I know nothing and I take comfort in that. But learning all of this and testing it out and getting results myself has been truly expansive and that is my aim to share with you all, to share with you that you can mold your consciousness however you see fit, including other people by practicing the art of forgiveness. True repentance is incredibly powerful and it's very unfortunate to me that religions all over the world have created this fear in the masses and tried to place limitations on our spark and I am just here to share with you that your divine spark does not have any limitations unless you believe that it does. I have seen so many relationships that were coming to an end, that were suffering, that were just not good 
trust me, I have seen some very horrible relationships actually just completely renew themselves. I have worked with couples that were on the verge of divorce, you name it, anything is possible. I have seen things that prove it. I have experienced events in my life as well because like I've shared in earlier episodes, there are parts of my past story that I obviously don't identify with, but I have the awareness of having had that experience in my body. And I just remember certain aspects of my story and coming into the awareness that I'm at today. Obviously, there are parts of that story that shape this. And I think about it and I'm like, wow, I cannot believe that it has shaped me into who I am today by the art of forgiveness, forgiving myself, forgiving the mistakes that I made, forgiving myself for missing the mark all along and doing that alone just looking yourself in the mirror and forgiving yourself and renewing your thought, renewing your inner dialogue, your self-talk, the way that you experience you is the most powerful, liberating thing you can do for yourself and for others. Honestly, just knowing that you can be anyone you want, that you can create any reality you want, that you can have any type of relationship that you want, just knowing that it's all possible is just, I mean, I don't even know how to describe that type of freedom. And this is why self-awareness is just so important for all of us. I think that it just goes beyond mind mastery and things like that. It's really all about just feeling amazing and making sure that you have a beautiful life because this life is a gift. And I know that sometimes circumstances pop up and it makes you feel like it's not a gift. It's just a challenge, but learn to see challenges as the positive thing that they are. It's not a disaster. They are not a death sentence. They are simply challenging you to break free from your old state of being and relationships and thoughts that no longer work out for you. Your ego is challenging you to break free from your comfort zone, from relationships that you don't want to experience anymore. And now keep in mind, when you are revising and you're changing the story, it does not have to be attached to a particular person, but to your own very consciousness. So for example, when you're renewing a story, you're forgiving someone, you're releasing yourself from old versions of you and old versions of that person, which is just an outward manifestation of you and your state of being. So you're releasing the bond of the past, like I said at the beginning. It's about you. It's about your feelings, the way you see the world, and the way that you experience it through your spiritual eyes. Your vision is unique to you. Never forget that. When someone else starts to kind of trespass on that vision that you have, tries to give you advice on what to do with a certain person or a certain relationship, they are trespassing against your subconscious. And I want you to release yourself from the opinions of others and just start to take hold over your own life and define things as you see fit. 
exactly as you want them and don't limit yourself. Remember that the tool of language never represents anything real. So validate yourself. Find out for yourself. Find your own desires and then test it out. Start testing the universe. Start demanding that something shows up for you in a certain way and see what happens. And remember, just release doubt. You are in charge here. Your I am consciousness is the creator of all things in your reality. I want to take a minute and read you this passage from Goddard himself. In the 8th of Romans, let us walk now, not by flesh, but by spirit. The flesh would be my senses, and my senses deny that I am what I would like to be. So let us not walk by flesh, and let us walk by spirit. Well, spirit is to see it now in my imagination just as though it were true. Well, tonight I may go home to find an empty cupboard, perfectly all right, to find that there's a notice under my door that tomorrow or else, that's perfectly all right. If I believe what I've imagined, it wouldn't make any difference what threat was given to me. It would make no difference whatsoever if I really believe in it. Now believe it, we're told. If you believe it, it will crystallize into fact. It doesn't really matter what threat is present at the moment, what my senses tell me. I will ignore the four who brought me into this place. I will not now any more be born by these four. I will simply walk by spirit and not by flesh. Okay, so you might be wondering who the four are. The four rivers that ran out of Eden, the four men in the fiery furnace, the four youths, the four kings, the four men in general, and all of scripture, it's mentioned a few times. So these four represent the four senses. And I know what you're thinking, we have way more than four. But the ancients spoke of four because they joined taste and touch together since they depended upon contact. They separated sight, sound, and scent because these are all forces of the unseen and taste and touch are not dependent on unseen. They exist because of our perception of our nervous system who is navigating us through this entire quantum field. And we are instructed to not be fooled by taste and touch, to not be fooled by the nervous system, who perceives your physical reality as this limited experience. It is so much more than that, and I find freedom in this truth. So we are here, right, by these four men, these four senses. I know my bank balance, in two weeks, Uncle Sam wants part of what I've earned. He didn't ask me to consider anything at all. He told me what I owed him, and I don't even know Uncle Sam, but they tell me he exists somewhere. Where? I don't know, but he exists. <laughs> so I'm supposed to pay on the 15th of next month X number of dollars. Regardless of how I live, I must save something to pay him that much. Perfectly okay, it's the land of Caesar. So I'm fully aware of that. I can see my bank balance. I know what's in my world. I can take all of my senses and bring them to play upon what I must meet tomorrow. I was brought here tonight on the shoulders of these four men. Remember the four senses that the ancients would speak on. Now he tells me your sins are forgiven you. Remember, sins is missing the mark. It is not a violation of moral code or some religious thing. Rise and walk. How can I do it knowing that I must pay on the 15th? Knowing what I must do between now and then, how must I do it? 
your sins are forgiven. In other words, you miss the mark and that is forgotten now. But who can forgive but God? In other words, human imagination. Only God can forgive. And God is what I am. I will now see the world where it now, two weeks from now, with all things behind me completely paid and paid in full. When you are forgiving others, you are in turn forgiving yourself. You are erasing the past. You are erasing fears. You are erasing delusions that keep you limited into your current experience and state of being. When you are revising your story and living as if including relationships, including lifestyle, how much you earn, how you live, you are practicing the art of forgiveness. And it's such a mystery. And this is why I wanted to shed light on this so much for this podcast episode. I feel like it has been so liberating coming to this realization recently the art of repentance, of being able to take charge of my life and the people that I interact with day to day and coming from a loving place, knowing that I don't have to confine them to a story that doesn't resonate with them or doesn't benefit them in any way. I know that I have the power to perceive them in such a way in my reality that causes them to experience exactly what they want and what they know in their heart to be true, what they know they're capable of. I'm able to assist them in that. This is how you do it. A lot of people try to impose on others and force them in ways that just don't help. But you can just go within yourself and do it with your spiritual eyes, your amazing, limitless imagination. So I hope this podcast episode resonated with you on some deep levels and I would love nothing more than for you to share your feedback with me on the Instagram or on the reviews in Apple Podcasts. Remember, I'm holding a one-on-one giveaway right now, so enter by leaving a review on Apple. I would love to hear your feedback. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys.